Okay. It's recording? Yep. All right. Welcome to the Gals and Geekdom Gals of Geek. Can I start that over? <laughs> yeah, we can we can cut that. Take two. <laughs> Welcome to the Gals Geekdom podcast where I get paid by the number of swears I say. Fuck fuckity fuck 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 thank you. I'm Jazzy all I'm Jazzy Oliver and with me today are are the usual band of co-hosts uh Crystal and Lizzie but we also have a guest today in the form of Lulzy Robot would you would you like to say hi for all of us Hi I'm I'm Lulzy Hello oh, did you give hi. <laughs> Welcome to our fabulous little show where we have fun and talk about random geek things. And I assume that you also do geek things. <laughs> I should hope so. <laughs> Jazzy, since uh, since uh, you suggested you suggested her, why don't we have you introduce Victor? Oh, sorry, Lulzy for us. Didn't I just do that? <laughs> oh shit. This <laughs> <laughs> podcast is how together it is. We're just so on top of everything. Do you want me to say her name's Lulzy Robot again in case they didn't get it the first time? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, we should have her introduce what you do. What makes you interesting, Lulzy? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I was surprised I was even asked in the first place, but here we go. Okay, so hi, I'm Lulzy. Um, online, I'm, I do a whole bunch of art. I like drawing, making characters, but recently... I've gone to school for animation, and I've just recently graduated, just finished my thesis film, Rogue Robots, and now I'm just looking for work. I actually did see that film, and I actually loved it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, so good. I, I, um, so, glad to have you here. I, uh, You made a fan out of me, for sure. <laughs> yeah, glad to hear it. Um, yeah, so, obviously, animation is your 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 bread and butter um is your plan to continue to obviously make more films do a whole bunch of stuff meet a lot of cool people i'm assuming that's what it is that's what we're trying <laughs> to do here on the gals of geekdom you can tell we are a really professional podcast just oh just a absolutely plus. yeah peak production values <laughs> totally yeah i'd love to make more like content of my own on the side but right now i'm just focusing getting like an actual secure a job in the industry to learn more and be better at it so that when the next thing I make, it'll be a lot better than my thesis film. My goal is to make everything better than what I've done before. Yeah. Um, I, I studied film actually myself in college. Um, and I, um, that's my goal with everything that I do. I want to just do better than the previous thing I've done before. I know, I know film was my bread and butter, but I've been, I don't know if you've. I don't think we follow each other yet on on social media, but we totally should. I am a current writer, and so I write stuff. And every article I do, I'm like, how can I make this thing fucking better? Because you tell you keep improving. That's how you keep doing good jobs, and it's also how you make yourself happy when you're pulling your hair out from stress, trying to make the best thing that you could every goddamn time. Oh, absolutely. If if anyone thinks that they're the best at their own thing, they're already stagnated. That's not that's never good. You always want to keep learning what you're doing. Yeah. I was also a film major. Ooh. Look at us, a, bo- a, a jolly old bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I was a marketing major before this. I got my marketing degree first, and I'm like, business school was 
life-draining time to go to animation college to do what I really want to do. That is awesome, though. I'm just I'm so glad you're doing what you want to do. It's super exciting and it's super freeing, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can't I, I, I can't wait until the next things that you do. I mean, that, that first film I saw was was great. I, I see the um, I see the artistry you put into it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I, I love I love animation. You know, it's a it's a field that I admire. But as a filmmaker myself, I would never attempt. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not my thing. I work with actors and I put them outside at night and I make scary things. <laughs> totally fair. Throw it's blood all, on it's all a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a little bit of blood, you know. <laughs> Ominous shots of the moon, you know. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that gonna be your version of like the 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 um like the Tarantino shot or your Hitchcock moment? That's gonna be. I had to. I take shots of the moon. Yeah, I mean, I think I've done that probably a couple times in my short films, which um, do for the moon, what Quentin Tarantino does for feet. (laughs) (laughs) Or John Woo does for doves. I'm going to be the first person to make a horror movie and use the moon in an ominous way, but then also shoot it on the moon. (laughs) Well, that makes it, it's so easy to make the moon ominous when you're on it. Like, there could be a vampire behind the pile of moon rocks on the moon. Oh, well, of course. Space vampires. Yes. Vampires. There we go. But would a vampire be able to live in space because the sun is always ever present? Yeah, yeah, but what if they're the, the, the fucking twilight kind that just sparkle? <laughs> then you've lost the fear entirely. This is then true. you've lost your audience entirely. <laughs> Is this what it is? Are we still going to keep dunking on Twilight? Is that the podcast? I don't want to do that. No, 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 no. Oh, have oh, you done that, that before already? I'm just, just saying. There's like a certain, there's a certain reactionary like mood within people who like see trailers or see concepts where they see a concept and they're like, oh, that just sounds dumb. I'm going to avoid that. Or a certain actor is involved or something. like. So I'm just saying, yeah, vampires sparkle and it's like, you're like, congratulations, you lost your audience. This is true. I mean, yeah, that that movie had a lot of unfortunate things with it, or at least book series slash movies. I mean, granted, they're not good. <laughs> I've seen a few of them, um, but I have so much I could say about Twilight from the point of view of someone who was absolutely obsessed with those books and movies when I was like 12. I could I have so much I could say about Twilight. <laughs> you uh i just i had just finished watching that sarah sarah z video on the whole thing oh i haven't watched that one just because i when that first was be, first became a thing that flurry of like the video essayists making like and i don't know what sarah z's video what way it necessarily leans but when i saw all this twilight apologia i, I kind of hated all of it because none of it seemed <laughs> I definitely don't want to turn this into discussing any of the Lindsay Ellis controversies that are floating around right now. But the thing that no, made no, me no, really, we don't need to get yeah. <laughs> But the thing that made me really mad in Lindsay's um, Twilight video a few years ago was that she didn't <laughs> she didn't direct her apology at any of the right people. She apologized to multi-millionaire Steph- racist Stephanie Meyer, and not to the twelve-year-old girls that she mocked. 
That's what made yeah. me angry, is that, no, Stephanie Meyer's not the person who needed an apology. Twilight is not the thing that needs the apology. The fans that you treated like idiotic vermin <laughs> when they were, like, 14-year-old children are the people who you owe an apology and to. That's always I weird guess. to me, because let's let's be real. We all, like, when we're kids, we like dumb shit. We like bad shit. Like <laughs> Yeah, and that's allowed. I mean, not me. Everything I loved was quality. The top. Okay, you're full of shit, okay? (laughs) And when am I not full of shit? That's the question. Like, like, okay, like, it was Twilight in that was going on when I was going through, like, middle school, high school, or whatever the fuck that was going on. And that was kind of, and, like, but, like, for me, it was Transformers. I liked those movies as a kid, even though they are really, 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 really bad. The Michael Bay Transformers? Yeah. I only have some shame in admitting I liked him as a kid. I liked the first movie. I saw it in high school, 2007, so I don't know. I was like, what, 16-ish, maybe 15? I don't know. I was a kid then, too. But I enjoyed the first movie because it's... Um, I still kind of do, only because it's like a nostalgia bubble, you know? Like, the first one's a guilty pleasure for me, though. If I'm picking yeah. between Transformers movies to watch, I'm probably going to watch either the silly, dumb 80s film or Bumblebee, because Bumblebee I was, was actually just good. Say, so. Bumblebee was good. I loved Bumblebee. Bum- Bumblebee was awesome. I recently tweeted about that, and for some fucking reason, it, that, that tweet blew up. Um, but yeah, people, I love that movie. <laughs> Had that right blend of doing something unique with the franchise, but also like indulging in the fan service, especially with the Gen 1 designs of the Transformers. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that one kind of passed my radar, because by that point I was just tired of the franchise. I'm like, alright, I'm done. I was too, but then I saw Bay had no involvement, and that it was directed by Travis Knight, who did uh, Kubo of the Two Strings, which I loved, so... Written so, by a woman uh, as well. I, forgot, I don't know. I don't know her name right now, but yeah, I believe it, wasn't, it was Christina Hodson who wrote it, I think and you're she right. also she later did uh, Birds of Prey. So didn't oh. didn't they technically have still like a producer, an executive producer credit or something? Like I feel like yeah, that's in his I guess, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Producers just people who throw who throws money at it. I mean, like well, you can that have like, on someone the who's not a good director produce a movie, and it'll still be good. I mean. The original Wonder Woman was the first Wonder Woman movie was produced by Zack Snyder, so. Yeah, well, like how much a producer does and doesn't do uh, is gonna varies from project to project. Um, True. What kind of a studio it is uh, massively will affect what the job of the producer actually is, like. So Paramount. Yeah, like I think one of my favorite Paramount. examples is I'm aware that um, Kung Fu Panda Two was. Um, Guillermo del Toro was a producer on that film, and he actually had a bit of influence on the tone that movie took, so... You can see it. Mm-hmm. That, that movie emotionally fucked with me as a kid. <laughs> all of the Kung Fu Pandas are great. Yeah, they they're are. all such really a, great movies. They're so masterfully done. Franchise. I love it. I have a slight animation confession, and then I've never seen one. And I love Jack Black. <gasps> Have you, you seen two and three? Them. I've never seen any of them. You've seen any of them? No. Okay. We need to show you <laughs> this entire trilogy. You are gonna sit there and enjoy it. I know. It's like we're gonna. It's gonna be like the, the scene from still. fucking Clockwork Orange. You're just yes, gonna hold my eyes up. Clockwork Orange. Just, just, 
just add me. Just, just, I'm, I'm just imagining the scenario where Lizzie's just like putting in the eye drops and I'm just in the back staring and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good movies. I don't think you'll need to pry their eyes the open. There's a punitive element everyone was so concerned about. <laughs> no, it's, it's Jack Black. You had me at Jack Black. I'm a fan. Oh, that movie's so good, and the cast is so good, and the animation in those films is so gorgeous. Absolutely. DreamWorks I... gets a lot of flack for certain, for a lot of their movies, but I think uh, it's weird. When DreamWorks makes a good one, it is really fucking good. A Train Your Dragon. Mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah, DreamWorks, like, DreamWorks has, has good shit when it wants to have good shit. Like, mm-hmm. say what you will about the meme status, I still think Shrek is a genuinely good movie. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely. It was revolutionary for its time, because it was so detailed. Back when, like, films, like, 3D animated films were still a bit, like, chunky. But, like, the Shreks, like, Shreks 1 and 2 are really good movies. Like, Shrek 2 is, like, one of my favorites. It's so funny, it's so is... dumb, but it's were... so good. In terms of the animation, it was, like, bounds ahead of what Disney was doing at the time. Yeah, like, it does hit a bit of the Uncanny Valley a little bit, but not by much. It still looks really good. It holds up today. Can we just say, can we agree that Shrek 2 has one of the best, like, in terms of climaxes in a film, like, in terms of the big final battles and stuff, Shrek 2 has one of the fucking best. Without a doubt. Yeah. Like, you have a kaiju gingerbread, you have a... You have uh, Jennifer Saunders fucking owning it with his, with her rendition of I Need a Hero. Oh, yeah. And Ab- it's just, absolutely, You have, yeah. like, so many good gags going on, so it's also funny on top of being, uh, like, this big epic. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, when I say that movie that has movie. one of my favorite, like, third acts of any movie people look at me like i'm crazy and i'm like no go back and watch it it's fucking amazing so good i just imagine you jazzy just grabbing someone by like by like their shoulders and just shaking them saying watch the movie strangers in the street yeah strangers in the street like really on the street really i can say we just run up to strangers and yell like like people are gonna be are like that's the movie that's the hill you're gonna die on jazzy and i'm, and I'm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man i i think shrek wins in terms of quality i would say like the animation is great but it but it i mean it's obviously from its time but i think it really sells it through the comedy it's genuinely really funny like consistently both absolutely like it was made to be a huge fuck you to disney oh jeffrey katzenberg yeah yeah like yeah jeffrey katzenberg had left disney not too long after before that film began production so a lot of it is just there to mock everyone involved particularly michael eisner because lord farquaad's design was based off of him so that's i mean he's literally named lord fuckwad it's honestly petty petty goals for me Quit your job and then make a whole project specifically as a as a giant fuck you to your old boss. Yeah, it's like I I've heard people say, oh well, Katzenberg was being petty with this, and it's like he was, but don't so... act like you wouldn't do it. Absolutely, if you have the money and the resources, of course you'd do it. I wish more people would stop acting like pet being petty in and of itself means that the art is bad. So what if it's petty? 
It's still good. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> like, like, even spite is such a powerful motivator. It might not like, be, like, a, a nice character flaw in a person that you know interpersonally, but it can make for really good art. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it did in this case, so, like... Oh, it's it absolutely it's an outlet. I just... I don't know. It's also funny to me, like, people say, oh, this movie was just Jeffrey Katzenberg being petty, so it shouldn't be seen as a good movie. And it's like, are you really going to go up for ba- up to bat for someone like Michael Eisner? <laughs> we need to defend Michael, because I, Michael Eisner was not in any way, shape, or form a petty or shitty person. Right? It's like, <laughs> it's like oh, he was petty to Michael fucking Eisner. Oh, darn. <laughs> Couldn't it happen to a worse person? Like... <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's interesting seeing their career paths, too, after this whole thing, where Jeffrey Katzenberg landed and where Michael Eisner landed. Yeah, like, Kat- Katzenberg was kinder on Jeffrey much? Katzenberg than Michael Eisner, for sure. I mean, to be fair, Michael Eisner got the, uh, got the whole BoJack Horseman connection in. He oh, was involved yeah. in that. That's true. Which... I love BoJack Horseman so much. Wait, uh, Michael Eisner was involved in BoJack Horseman? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I I never heard this, and I see, and I love that series. Please explain this to me. He I need to know for science. Or anything. He's, it's his company produced it, right? Yeah. Oh, it was his company. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has a company. Oh, produced it. And produced it. Yeah. Yeah, because like BoJack Horseman is one of my favorite, like. One of my favorite cartoons and one of just one of my favorite series in general of all time. So it was phenomenal. <laughs> I, I always encourage people to go watch it because it's like you got to get through that first half of that first season where it's just kind of like, hey, this is the funny animal shows with people. But then like it feels a little little bit initially like like you're sort of adult swim sort of thing a little different for sure but then it really does hit toward the end of that first season and then just keeps on scoring home runs after that you know i was really rocking back and forth with the first season of bojack horseman the first time i watched it until we got to the actual like resolution of him and diane and i loved it i I was i was so down i was like okay i'm so interested to see what this show does because that this could not be less of like what you're expecting, yeah, from a TV show. And I was just so it was so amazing. I was like, I'm so ready to see the deconstruction that this show does going forward. Um, I was not super crazy about like the last season, really? or at least the last season I saw. I don't know if another season came out since then. The um, but which was I the felt, last season you watched? The last season I watched was the one when Bojack. <laughs> spoilers, I guess. I'm trying to remember what the season number was. Um, the one where Bojack was like on the cop show. That was. You still have one season left. Okay. You should finish it. It's 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 great. Like they, I know they, plenty they, of people who stopped at season five, and I know why because that that what happens at the end of the penultimate episode of that season is rough. It felt to me. I. I to me, it felt like they were getting to, and I understand the point of the show is that Bojack actually can't, like, doesn't grow as a person. I understand that's almost part of the point is that he 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 keeps making these mistakes because he's a fuck up. But it almost felt like I needed a season where Bojack just kind of stayed level. Watch season six. Yeah. <laughs> like 
I don't want to spoil anything for you because it's like just, everything that you're asking say, about. Watch season six. It has some of the most satisfying payoffs I've seen in any series. Alrighty, it is so I'll, good. I'll, I'll yeah. finally get on it then. It's 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 hard to watch in a few areas in the best way, but I do think a lot of its resolution is makes it so damn good. And I will okay. say. This is a show that has, I think, one of the greatest episodes of television ever produced, and that was Free Churro. I forget which which episode number that is. That, it was in season five. It was the one. It was the monologue one, basically the one yes. where it was just a monologue by Will Arnett. I think that was brilliant. I like that one, and um, not to spoil season six because Lizzie hasn't watched it, so I'll ignore episodes from there. Though I will say, a lot of season six is my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, but I also love. Fish Out of Water, which was a season three episode where um, he had to promote his movie and it's in an oh, underwater right. city and he couldn't talk. The episode is mostly without dialogue. Yeah, that's a gorgeous episode. I remember that one. What my favorite, well, one of my favorite things about also the arc in season five, my favorite part of season five was the arc with, with um, Diane and, and Mr. Peanut Butter because I loved that direction too is that it was this really getting into Mr. Peanut Butter as being like, he's this character you really like in the beginning and then actually getting into, actually he's this kind of a man child that can only date women who are like 15 to 20 years younger than him because they aren't complete people yet. And I loved that. That whole art character, I, I loved it. I thought it was so interesting. Lulzy, have you seen um, Bojack or is this all? <laughs> it's, it's on my list of things I meant to watch, <laughs> but it kind of fell through the wayside. So like, I don't mind any spoilers you guys talk about, but it's it's one of those things where like I know of it in passing, but I haven't actually sat down to watch it yet. I but think you'll be surprised by it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know I know it can get like real rough. Like I've been warned many a time to not watch it in one sitting. I'm like, all right. It's it's such it's a show that tackle ta- chooses to tackle a lot of really mature emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. in a way that like in such a way that like you know obviously purposefully. Um, feels what's the word I'm looking, juxtapos- juxtaposed with the talking animal shtick yeah, of the show. Sure. And it, yeah. and that it's just so it's so interesting how much of an adult show it is. Yeah. And 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 like not not in like they don't like yeah, it's not, not like not they're trying to offend anybody. The heavy cursing not 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 adult yeah. like heavy cursing. Yeah, just adult that, subject matter. Adult in that like it's it's tackling issues for adults. Mm, I'm noticing sure. there's a few adult cartoons that have been coming out where it's like they're still vulgar, they still get their mature rating for a reason, but they're not. There's not really an intent to offend anyone, <laughs> like like just, Family Guy and South Park. Right, like those <laughs> shows are clearly trying, like I, um, South Park especially, which just kind of sells itself on pissing everyone off, which I, I kind of respect in a way, but. <laughs> I have complicated feelings about South Park. I have a lot of memories of really loving it, but then also going through the phase where I dropped a lot of my, let's just say, shitty sort of preconceived ideas and notions and obviously changed, I think, for a lot lot better. But um, that's a show where I think it can be great, but then it can also be really horrible, mainly because it's it's created by libertarians who are white men in their middle age. So, I mean, like, you gotta you gotta take that with an understanding of where that show comes from, you know? 
Well, and I think South Park stopped being brave in anything it did a very long time ago. I agree with that, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, a lot of its earlier episodes were kind of, like, bold. I dare say, like, they're, they're like, it was, and I know that's weird for a show with the, with an intentionally crude look and feel as it is, but there were episodes that I were say were actual, actually talking about shit, and it felt like the writers knew what the fuck they were talking about. Nowadays, it feels like they're just talking about shit for the sake of talking about shit, so... Well, and I actually, and I know Family Guy is not nearly as universally beloved as South Park once was, but I'm of the opinion that the golden age of Family Guy was like post, was like season four to like season 10 when Seth was really still involved, Seth MacFarlane was still involved in the writing and the show felt like it wanted to be there. Um, that was a period of time where the show, there was actually a lot of really good commentary and it was when it was the funniest. Um, and then after Seth MacFarlane after Seth MacFarlane left, the show stopped having any bite. And that is not to say that, that sh- Family Guy was always a lot clunkier than South Park. It was a lot less polished and a lot less polished. <laughs> the South Park polished. That, you know what I mean, though. You know what I'm... <laughs> like, it wasn't... It, yeah, wasn't the, the, it was a different show. Yeah, it, it, was never, it was never as, like, smart as South Park, I think, at its best. South Park could I be. I agree, yeah. But I always thought that when Seth MacFarlane was there, the show had a, always, was generally always had a point behind its crudeness and its shittiness. Um, and after Seth MacFarlane stopped being um, creatively involved, he still does the voices and he still is like a producer, but he doesn't, isn't involved in any of the writing anymore. Um, I just, I, I think it got, it, it stopped being good because now you're just doing shock humor for shock humor and you weren't making a point with anything anymore. Right, and I like shock humor when done right, but when, but it's one of the easiest bits of humor, in my opinion, to fuck up royally. Yeah. Well, because there's a perception of it being easy, mm-hmm. um, which is why everybody thinks they can do it. So without understanding that, like, no, if you want to do really shocking and crude art of any kind, that is what takes, like, the most skill and precision. This yeah, it all has to do with timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bill Burr does an animated series on Netflix called F is for Family, and I think that one does shock humor relatively well. Um, I also actually think it has quite a bit of heart for what it is. I wouldn't say it's yeah, really, like, I've, like... I've always seen, like, the advertising for that, like, when you're just scrolling through, through Netflix. I always just thought, I was like, oh, boy, another adult cartoon that's about a family. Oh, boy. It's, 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 yeah. F, F is for family is actually pretty, like, I agree with Jazzy, it's pretty interesting. There's, there's a lot of that shock humor stuff for sure, but then there's a lot of, like you said, heart to it too. It's not, it's not devoid of purpose, you know? That's interesting. I never really get it heard talked about in my circles either, so kind of just, it kind of went under the radar. Just kind of wrote it off. It's a little clunky. It's a little clunky of a show. It's not perfect, but there's definitely something there. Right. Like I like a lot of what's there. I like like I like a lot of the stories and Bill Burr. Bill Burr is one of the is is hilarious in general. I love his stand up. So, and I think his and I think him and his creative team have solid writing on the show and a lot of really good like. Not just the really good moments of heart, but also really good, really fucking good humor when it when they want to. Yeah, that's true. There's also like 
not only Bill Burr, that cast is incredible. What was it Laura Dern and Justin Long and like Super. Laura Dern was the reason I watched F is for Family because I wasn't interested. Then I heard Laura Dern was in it and I fucking love Laura Dern. And I'm like, well, fuck, I need to at least give the first few episodes a try and I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> actually, actually, this was back in season one. So there was only the first few episodes because season one was short. <laughs> I love that we're talking. We, we, we've gotten on this giant animation kick of talking about like comedy and, and animation. What's it's so, what's so great about this show. And I hope that the listeners who do listen to this show actually enjoy it <laughs> as much as we do is that it feels like we do a different show every fucking every, week. It's a different theme. <laughs> There's it's no consistency just, to anything. No, there's no consistency. This, this, what's great about this too is that like I don't have time to edit, and I don't think any of us really do. So this shit goes up raw. So I really hope that people enjoy how <laughs> unpolished it is. But I think it adds to the charm because the thing is, when when Eva was here, she would do a lot of the editing, and she would like a oh, really a nice music and transition. She would do an intro outro outro. She would edit the audio, and me, I'm like. All right, the beginning has about three seconds where I say one, two, three, and then I start the show. I'm going to slice that that part out, and it's going up. There we go. That's it. That's it. That's done. I'll see. Are you keeping in the intro fuck up then? <laughs> we, I, I, do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, do, do it. it. Well, you have Let's to now. Unless you, yeah. can't, you can't <laughs> see it, but I am glaring at all of you. <laughs> You're you're making you're making my life easier. I will say that. <laughs> it's okay, Jazzy. Listen to me. I was at work yesterday, and I opened when I normally close. So I spent all morning telling people to have a good evening. Well, <laughs> Every because... single person who came to me, and I kept trying not to. Well, it's funny because um, I should say right now I'm actually not in Austin where I usually am. I'm actually in Arvada, Colorado. I'm house sitting for my folks. Oh. And like I had a meeting online with um with a uh with a uh, oh, fuck I'm trying to think of the occupation name uh basically someone who's helping me look for different jobs and just financial opportunities. I had a remote meeting scheduled for 2 p.m. Central Time. Now Austin is one hour ahead of Arvada. Like Texas is one hour ahead of Colorado, and I kept waiting for two o'clock on the clock not realizing that it had already passed because it was past two o'clock in Texas. And I was like, oh, shit. Aww. Like, Were you able to reschedule it? Uh, I'm still waiting on the email to, oh, okay. to confirm the rescheduling. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, that sucks. It's fine. It's like no money lost. This is a, this is a thing I, um, this is a service I have access to thanks to um, Out Youth, which um, is a is an LGBT support organization based in Austin that's been helping me a lot through my transition and other stuff. So, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, um, our podcast is um, incredibly queer, and I love it. <laughs> oh, very gay. It's, it's good very... to hear. Yes. Uh, so I'm a tran. I'm one of those. 
I uh, I think if anybody has followed my Twitter, they can find that out pretty easily. That I don't hide that, you know, at all. I don't try to. You're pretty. You're pretty vocal. Really? I, I, you know what? No, you're so stealth. You're oh, so no, quiet you're about subtle. it. You're so about it, Crystal. Oh, so people subtle. just look at me so and they subtle. just like. They, you're people about look at as me subtle just, about it as I am that I am gay. That I am trans and gay. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I'm so subtle. People just think I'm cis. You know. <laughs> I still have the gender my mom gave me, but. <laughs> you still have the gender your mom gave you? Wow, yes, that's so that's lame. So weird. I know. <laughs> that's one way to put it. Me for not for not accepting the gender she gave me. I love it. That's the way that that's the way we're the the folk are talking about it on TikTok, and I was like, that's hilarious. I'm not gonna start saying that. You can't see my face, but my face probably has a mixture of amusement and disappointment. <laughs> disamusement. If your mom gets mad, does she take it away? <laughs> <laughs> mom said that's my turn on the You do not have your gender privileges anymore. You're grounded in your age. <laughs> well, mom, come on. No, and I'm going to let your brother use it for a week. No. Your brother's bi-gender. <laughs> I, I am, however, very gay. Fair. Yeah. So, you know. Same. Same. Yeah, I'm bi. I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, this this show's going to just keep getting, getting us queers on here. <laughs> like... Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't question the sexuality of the guests I list for potential next episodes. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I mean that's something I broadcast, but like, allowed. no straight people. Oh, not. just watch. I'm gonna bring my friend um, Martin, who runs bootleg dubs, in here, and he's one of the straightest fucking people I know. <laughs> not in like right. the talk, to- not in like the toxic way, but like. In the same way, I am not very subtle on the on my own sexuality. That Got man it. is not subtle on the fact that he is straight as an arrow. Hey, Crystal, do you remember the Christmas when we did the Christmas special for the Pumpkin Core podcast? Yes. Wasn't like everybody in that chat, except for like one person. Yes, everyone was a flavor of of queer of except for one person. Yeah, except for one person. It's like, oh, it's a token straight. <laughs> I think yeah, we've made a lot of jokes about friend. that. <laughs> okay, so now you guys are tempted me to either get Martin Lazowski or Kai Jordan in for a guest on the next one, just so we, we can just get the need to like. Straight. We just need to get somebody who's super super straight, and then just fucking queer it up the whole time. Like, make it the most queer show we've ever done. We'll make it the show. We'll talk about like. I'll put Martin on the back burner for that one. <laughs> No, yes, we gotta find the straightest person we can find. The straightest and that's we're gonna, person. And then we're gonna... We're gonna talk go about, ahead. like, Hellraiser and shit. <laughs> <laughs> just the gayest thing you can think of. I mean, like, we're just gonna have an entire discussion about transgender issues, and we're just gonna bring all straight people, cis people on, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, oh my god. Just tell me when you want the super straight guest, and I will call Martin. I'll be like, Martin... <laughs> It's time. <laughs> I know what to do. <laughs> we'll compile our list. 
we have a list of people that we want to see on this show. This is a fun show. I want to like talk to everybody we can. That's good because this is fun. <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's an excuse to talk to our friends. <laughs> Pretty much. And there's there's some there's some big fish that we want to have on. I don't know if I want to say their names in case they listen and then go like, nah, this is yeah. too much. <laughs> I'm not doing that. A surprise. <laughs> you never know if you you won't know unless you put it out there in the universe. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but I shall do so privately with said people. <laughs> I hope to get some big guests, you know, and I hope to have return guests. Pointing okay. at the guests in the show. I'm just here <laughs> for the food. There's food? Wait, there isn't? Shit! I quit. I'm just joking. Did I'm you kidding. make promises we can't keep, Jazzy? Yeah, I promised um, I promised food. a whole like plate the fact of chips. that I didn't keep the promise that I'm putting based on the failed <laughs> promise of myself. A whole rotisserie chicken, a box of donuts. <laughs> and just like that, I'm hungry all over again. <laughs> I had a whole small pizza <laughs> earlier, like an pizza hour ago. So, so you, you didn't share? You didn't, like, push? I didn't push my pizza through my computer screen, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. No, no, wait, we have to pretend like we're all in the same room. No, yes, we're all in the same place. Um, <laughs> we have totally one of those not fancy, different countries. The, the, the fancy Joe Rogan studio. <laughs> I am silently judging you for dropping that name. Oh no, now we're gonna get the incels. Shit. Oh, I'm sorry, I attracted the. No, I'm attracting the super straights. Oh <laughs> no! Isn't that, same... Isn't that the same thing? Oh. Damn. I'm just saying, they, they cross <laughs> over. See, our show is unapologetically leftist, too. So this is going to be an issue. And when people are going to like, yeah, there's this awesome show with ladies who talk geeks things. And then they, they turn it on and just go, oh, God, this, this is, is another. This is capitalism. <laughs> uh, dismantle the patriarchy and capitalism and give trans people all your belongings. It's on the gay agenda. Right next to eating tacos. And drinking iced coffee. Yes. <laughs> I'm just imagine. I'm just imagining how the fuck a bunch of incels would come across this podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe some came across it when they tried doxing me again. In that case, hi, fuckos. I tried to dox you. I've been doxed twice by by like right, like heavily right leaning assholes. Like, and Dang, one was actually fairly recent. Um. So basically what happened was, um, the first time it happened was like a year or two ago. It happened from people who were fans of Vic Mignogna, who I spoke out against many, 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 many Ooh. times because fuck that guy. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. second time was the just... The show endorses fuck Vic Mignogna. Mm-hmm. The, se- the second time was basically... Um, I think it was just a second go around. I guess they were wondering what I was up to, and they pulled up a bunch of pictures of me, and they're like, "Is this really the face of a woman?" <laughs> and I'm looking at this, and I am laughing my ass off. And I only discovered it because, um, on so I'm kind. I enjoy 
using spite for humor. And one of the things mentioned in the first doxing is that I was a failed voice actor. And if you paid attention to my Twitter, I have got I have booked quite a de- quite a decent number of roles lately. <laughs> and I wanted to do a collage with that thing from the original doxing as a caption because I like ironic humor. Speaking of petty. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of petty, Jazzy Letting Oliver, nice to meet you. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so, like, I got this collage of a bunch of bunch of credits. I had the one for Eternal Winter, the one for uh, Rogue Robots. Hi, Lolzy. <laughs> um, uh, F-Zero Overdrive, uh, the two announcements for the for the visual novels I'm in for Skeleton Studios. It was a bunch of stuff. Um, and so I'm going, going, looking up, I'm basically looking at Kiwi Farms, uh, dead name Oliver, because I know that's what it's going to be under, because they, mm. because of course, because of course they found out my dead name on both cases of doxing. Oh. Um, and so I'm going to look for it, and I find out there's a second fucking doxing, and I'm like, there's another one? <laughs> it's like, they did it again, and they still got the wrong address? I'm impressed. They're really bad at this. It's like I mean, no one ever no one ever said that these people were smart. <laughs> they really have nothing to do and they still don't do it right. I had um I don't know if you were following me when this happened yet, Crystal, cuz I want to mm-hmm. say it was like 2 years ago. But I had that like good like month or two long stretch where I was being like harassed on the daily by this I Person, this woman and her followers who were really, really mad at me for being like sex positive and talking about kink on Twitter. Oh. Like, she was so mad. She was so <laughs> mad at me. She was like, Do you know how hard it is to be a lesbian in the global south? I'm like, What does that have to do <laughs> with anything I'm talking about? I was talking about like, and to be fair, it was heavy stuff, but I was talking about like, like, how stuff like CNNC and the kink scene can be therapeutic for sexual assault survivors. Like I was talk, I was just talking about that as a neutral entity, and she was so mad at me. <laughs> she well, was like, "How dare you say people could do this?" I'm like, "You don't have to read my Twitter. You can <laughs> go outside. You can go outside. Yeah, or just keep scrolling. Like, damn. Yeah. yeah so You're obviously was- looking for a fight. It was so obvious. Yeah, this one's been like a month." And a month, a month and a half, like every single day, and my mentions fighting with me about this. Oh my God. And then she would. Here's what she loved to do: is she would tweet things that was like really stupid things that I like, like that were worded intentionally badly, so that I would have to give a response that she could then screenshot out of context and then delete all of her tweets. Oh. So that I would have to just like I'd have to respond to like the stupidest like hypotheticals. And I gave up after a point, and I just blocked them. It was so like it was very, very annoying having this this woman and her followers like every like every day for almost two months doing that. I was I wanted I wanted to pull my hair out. That's so awful. Jeez. I think we've all had moments where people have touched, yeah, you, know, you know, like come at us on Twitter sideways or dealt with us or harassed us. I guess for a certain part. period of time, that was a Tuesday for me. So yeah, yeah. And I kind of just learned to laugh at it because, and a lot of people wonder, like, why, why do you find that funny? But it's like because it's hilarious. Like they, they say all this shit, and it's the dumbest stuff. Like on the recent doxing, I, I, a lot of people were taking that, like, were kind of saying I should take this seriously because of what they were saying. But I just thought it was funny because no one is taking what they're saying seriously except for their group of dumbasses. But 
Um, basically, on the second doxing, the thing claimed that I was a pedophile just because of my face. Like, that's all. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing, and it's like, okay. Sometimes laughing at, at this stuff is the easiest thing to do. Yeah. I was just laughing more at the irony of Vic Mignogna fans accusing me of being a pedophile. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I, I think um, I think what I've noticed from being trans online is that, like, if you're in a discussion with somebody and you're on the opposite side of that, that one, that person, and you're arguing with them, if I gain the upper hand and they can't say anything, like, I know that they lost immediately when they switch to transphobia. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like a light switches and they're like, oh, I'm not getting you any other way. You're way smarter than me. I'm going to be transphobic. And for me, I actually kind of like that because one, it takes off their fucking mask. And two, it's funny because they lost the fucking conversation. It's like you lost. That's it. Go home. You know, if you're just attacking me because because of, you know, the circumstances. In which I a neat born. thing to do is if like someone's being like that rude to you, like in text, your response can just be like a, a link to the dictionary definition of ad hominem. <laughs> That's good. I usually just laugh at them. That works too. But th- that's go, a good. That's a good. Go, please go on. I, I am hanging on every word <laughs> because I again I think it's fucking hilarious. Just because it can be. I think the worst I've had recently was when. Somebody was mad at me on Twitter, and they, um, it was like a normal person, like, right-wing idiot being mad, and then they, I don't know if you had been following me at that point, but they had decided, I had completely forgot, I must have mentioned in one of my articles or written that my dad passed away from cancer, um, so they decided to change their name of their account. Oh, I remember this. My dad's cancer, like, it says blank. You know, my username, Dad's Cancer. Oh, my and, God. Jesus. Um, I remember yeah, that. I, I remember that. I remember reporting that account. Well, I appreciate you, Lizzie, <laughs> for doing so. Um, Luckily, it's been long enough that it wasn't... I mean, it still hurts, but it's not like, you know... I just was more disgusted that, that people are kind of like that. So I think that was the worst I've ever gotten it. You know, at least I, that account is yeeted. Damn, that's horrible. Sorry that happened to you. Oh, thank you. It's 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 fine. It, luckily, I have such an amazing group of friends and people who like came to my aid once I tweeted about it that I was just like, you guys make up for any uh, asshole that says anything online. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think like just the people in your life closest to you always make up for just some stranger on the internet who's gonna give who's gonna absolutely. give shit like. Well, that's the thing. I mean, no matter how badly I always want to nuke Twitter sometimes, I'm just like, no, there's too many people here that I care about. <laughs> there are good people on Twitter. Surprisingly. Yeah, I mean, you just surround yourself with just the people that you know and enjoy, and then it could be fine. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's an incredible trans community. There's an incredible queer community, which is how we all met. <laughs> So that's yeah. awesome. I, I, I love I love our little story of how we meet and how we all intersect in the fucking Vic drama. Like Oh my god. Like it all like there's a crossroads and everyone just like careens onto the, like you know what I mean? Like we've all All roads are bullshit. The fact that that's situation. still 
the fact that that's still like kind of active drives me because Mars Girl will still like Kate, like Caitlin still still dealing with that like every day. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, how yeah. is this still going? I. Why do you all care this much? <laughs> I think I mentioned this last week. It's the YouTube grift machine of oh. we need content. We need to generate content. Mm-hmm. We need to make money off of this thing. People are really mad at this thing. We can make money off of hate clicks, and we can make we can continually making money by making up new drama and creating fake evidence and su- suggesting oh, but uh, p- p- pretending you're actually innocent of suggesting that, a, that they go attack people on the internet because it generates more conversation. There's a video online on YouTube that came out a few months ago called like how Funimation became the most hated dubbing company or something like that, something along those lines. And if you look in the comments, there's a pin comment by the user who goes over, like, all the fucking things that were pointed out since it was released that he got wrong. And it's just this huge paragraph. And I'm just sitting there thinking, how can you have so much misinformation, know you have so much information, Mm -hmm. admit to having it, yet still have this fucking video up? For the views, baby. Because it's enough to the point where I'm like, just fucking delete it. Hey, it's Vadim uh, has a lot of great... Maybe I'll ask him to come on one day. He'd be fun to have on this podcast. Yes. Yeah, he'd be fun. Yeah, because we, we chat a lot. We follow each other on Twitter. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Um, but he's got, you know, all those great, especially his Tim Pool videos. But, like, he's got so many great videos, like, really getting into the that the grifter mindset. Hmm. And, like, just explaining and, and really, like, pointing out the hypocrisies and the, like, this, like, just... Just very, 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 very good at dissecting exactly that, which is that I noticed that you are now in this later video admitting that you're wrong, but you still got all these old videos full of misinformation that you admit is misinformation up and making you money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course ads are still running on that video I mentioned. <laughs> There's like, someone I have in mind, but I don't want to mention them. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't know. Sexy. It just feels okay. Yeah, just. Blah. I'll text you. Are you doing it right now? Oh, do you God. want me to on the middle right of the show? <laughs> With a guest, no less. I expected better of you. I'm Christopher. sorry. I'm paying attention to our guest, our lovely guest. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, by the way, in general. On topic with, with, you, with her, though. We were talking about children's animation and then adult animation. But isn't and that how, every, on the every, internet. Like, every <laughs> podcast I've been on so far has been a slippery slope for different topics. How is that new? It's just a natural flow of conversation. It's how it happens. I texted. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> Why? <laughs> Tease the audience with this information. You know, um... You know, there's an article article of clothing that sometimes you put on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. called shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I wonder what's the place you're not I know. Yeah. What's a good place where you don't put shoes? That is so big. Oh. <laughs> oh. I am so sad that took me a minute, but oh, <laughs> I feel dumb. I, I like, like sometimes I am the last person to get things, like when someone's trying to be subtle about something, and it's like, oh, I feel stupid now. 
Listen, if you feel stupid, I feel that I have no brain cells because I still don't get it. I'll type it in the group chat here. Hey, we're not on a call. We're actually in the same room. Totally. Oh my yeah, goodness. Um, Crystal's writing a note to slip to Lucy right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm physically writing a note. <laughs> and, like, just throwing, throwing it across the room. If you figure it out while you're listening to this, go onto Twitter and respond and tell us. <laughs> you know what you should do? You I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Oh, okay. well, you live in then a wonderful good, world, you, then. You live in a good, happy place, and don't don't look into it. I will not. <laughs> I love that our audience is going to have to try and figure out what that is. Because they don't have any of the clues. <laughs> they don't get any of the clues. I mean, the, they get half the clue. They, they heard a word. I believe it. I believe in them. I yeah, believe we're going to play a round of internet blues clues. Have fun, motherfuckers. <laughs> It's, I like how we're teasing this person who we're definitely not going to get. <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to ask. Yeah, no, no, no. If you ask this person to be a guest on the podcast, I'd have to call in sick that day. Yeah. <laughs> the kid, the... I would love it if we got them on under, like, the false pretense. <laughs> I can give one further clue. It's a quote-unquote left... Is YouTuber? Big, big fat quotes. Big quotes, yeah. Big fat quotes. Well, look, if you're if if you're a passionate YouTuber, you have no soul at that point. And I'm talking about this as someone who used to be big into you into being a YouTuber. So, listen, I'm not big on stripping any leftist I don't like of the title of leftist because I think that that gets into it starts getting to a no true Scotsman's territory. Like, no, whatever issues I have with Vosh. I think Vosh is a leftist. I think that his political ideology aligns with that. But this person we're talking about, I think, is a... No, they aren't. They just aren't. You can't listen to a single political opinion they hold and continue to believe that. Damn. I'm just saying. <laughs> just, I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> oh, my God. This is really political. Jesus fucking Christ. I know, Christ. we got real. We went from Bojack Horseman to politics. It intersects, okay? You have it to. It's not like a far have... jump, to be quite honest. No, it's not that far. Actually, no, because Bojack did have a few political episodes. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I have a fun game. Yeah. Since we have people who enjoy animation and are in the field related, I think everyone should share some. What is, I would say, their favorite animated piece of material or something they love or something that they're watching right now? Like any of the above, you know, like something that you like just adore and you just hold it deep in your heart and it goes into your soul and it makes you cry. My favorite TV show is Gravity Falls. I'm sorry to, <laughs> I jumped in to answer that, but I was like, oh, I saw that, choice. that right now, funny enough. So. I just saw it for the first time not long ago and I loved it. It's up my alley. So good. I I love Gravity Falls so much. It's like I re I realize that that's maybe a strange thing to say is my favorite TV show ever, but like that is not strange at all. It is no, a great no, it's show. it's a high quality show. Like that's so good, and it and it hits all my right buttons. I think 
I think the best realization watching Gravity Falls is that I'm base is that Grunkle Stan is basically my old person goals at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like this is me as an old person, just this snarky, cranky ass, but also enthusiastic and charismatic person. And also has a big heart. Gotta give him Absolutely. credit for that. You still yeah. you have to still love the children in your life. Yes. Maybe fuck all the other children. <laughs> my favorite cartoon would be honestly i have a lot of cartoons i really enjoy um but i guess the two big ones i always go back to are the original avatar last airbender which is which i know there's the cool hips is it hipster argument i don't fucking know but the argument that oh it wasn't that good you're just nostalgic and i'm like fuck no it was that good it is still that good yeah. And I will die on the hill that it is still that good. You will no, die I, on that hill, and so why? <laughs> I agree. I think Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the best children's TV shows of the light. Of, basically, but, for as long as there's been children's television, I think Avatar The Last Airbender is, at least in, in America. But two close, like, but if I were to, but like three ones that kind of go as runner ups that I could easily interchange with Avatar are. Um, uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. That one, like, the Netflix show, that one was phenomenal. I loved every minute of it. I just wish the executive meddling was minimal, but what are you going to do? <laughs> um, uh, BoJack Horseman, which I mentioned earlier, I fucking adore it. And um, in the same vein as Gravity Falls, The Owl House, because even with just one season, I adored every minute of that series. Listen, I haven't seen it yet. My therapist told me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it is so Damn. good because it's just nerdy shit, nerdy fantasy shit, the show. I love that they just drop references to things that obviously most of their audience won't get, that they just, like, drop in there, like, here, we're geeks like you, you know? Like, it's, it's in the Harry earliest Potter episode. if it wasn't made by a problematic person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, who's the producer for it? Uh, Dana Terrace, who is actually um, Alex Hirsch's wife, so... Yeah. And Alex Hirsch, despite despite I don't know if he's has any involvement in the creative team, but he is a voice actor. He plays a few characters in in um Owl House, just like he did with Gravity Falls. So, and I swear yeah. his voice for King is so eerily similar to his voice for Bill Cipher that it's kind of frightening. Because isn't that like kind of like exaggerated him? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, right. Though interesting fact about Owl House, there's a character that Hirsch plays along with King named Hootie. Who is, <laughs> who is basically the titular owl. He is the owl on the door that who's gr- kind of grafted onto the door, but he's alive. And um, the voice that Hirsch did was like this very light, it's like, oh, I'm an owl, hoot hoot. And it was supposed to be, he did it as a placeholder voice, but they kept it in. <laughs> it's funny. Sounds like it Cedric is. from King's Quest one episode where King is like, oh, that annoying voice. And I think I think it, that's just her <laughs> for expressing his regret at the voice he chose for Moody. Um, yeah, I, 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 those are all great choices. Um, um, I guess if I if I have to choose, I'm going to go like a show that like really spoke to me was Steven Universe. Um, oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. as someone who discovered it at the time when i was really starting to like i unwrapped the gender identity bubble a few years ago 
five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, here is an openly queer show about all these queer characters who have the ability to, I don't know, not necessarily change, but be who they are and be loved for who they are. It was pretty impactful. And I'm also just a huge sucker for musicals. And the music was so good. <laughs> so I'm, I think Steven's really up there for me. I also, if you ask me other shows, obviously it'd be Avatar Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, and Shira, and all that good stuff as well. Um, I guess if I have to go movies, I'm going to choose a movie too, because uh, fuck it, I can. Um, well, then I need to go back and choose a movie as well, but go on. <laughs> the movie I, I was thinking of, I love Miyazaki's films. I think those films have the ability to tug at my heartstrings and make me ball like a baby. Mm-hmm. And how he keeps coming out of retirement every time to make a new film. <laughs> I'm done with this fucking anime. Oh, wait, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say my favorite animated film is um, A Silent Voice. Um, and that's actually my favorite movie of all time. So Nice. Uh, my favorite animated movie goes back and forth between, about to be basic with Disney again, but goes back and forth between Beauty and the Beast and Alice in Wonderland. Beauty and the <laughs> Beast is so fucking Classics. good. It's one of my favorites, too. Yeah. Classics. Uh, Lulzy, you haven't, you haven't shared any of your animation stuff, like, have, in terms of what you like. I have not. I'll go for, for favorite TV show, I'll go for something more recent. I'm really enjoying Final Space right now, and it... I want to watch the third season that's out now, but I can't because, hooray, um, I don't have the thing it's streaming on currently, hooray. But the two seasons I have seen, I've really enjoyed it because I just, I love sci-fi and space and stuff. And, like, I've been following Olin Rogers for, like, forever since his old balloon shop skits, and they were just really great. And I'm so glad of where he's come with that show. Just watching him start from, like, a hopeful, like, YouTuber just wanting to make an animation pilot. And he did. And he got it picked up by a studio. And it's just, like, boom from there. It's so inspiring. And the show so far is super great. And for my favorite, like, animated movie, it's, so far, it's always just been um, Pixar's The Incredibles. It's just, it's Uh, so, it's so good. It's such a classic like, when I first watched it, it didn't hit me that, like, oh, this is set in the 50s, because I was a child then. But, like, every time I go back to rewatch it, I always notice, like, more and more things about it. It's just, it's so good. So good. <laughs> I just remembered an animated film, you know, I love that I go back to is um The Iron Giant. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Brad Bird. Yeah, speaking of Brad oh, Bird, that's yeah. why I was reminded of that. Yeah, because I'm just like, oh, yeah, Brad Bird made some incredible films. You know what else is actually, I have, um, well, first of all, on, on recent shows that are still, like, running, the Harley, like, back to his adult animation briefly, the Harley oh. Quinn show. Uh, yes. Oh, I love it's Harley Quinn so, so much. Goddamn so good. good. It's so good. There was, there was a moment in, I think it was season one or two, I don't want to spoil too much, but I will say it's where Harley crashes the party where it's the... The, all the villains. Yeah. And there's just a moment with Bane. Bane is a character that consistently makes me laugh in that show. Yeah. And he just he just does <laughs> a card. He just does like, the card. Tries to do the card trick for. Her. It's like, is this your card? No. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> no, I love Bane I in that series because he is like the biggest teddy bear of all the villains, and 
I I find him precious, and I find his voice hilarious because even though it is pretty much just a parody of Tom Hardy's take on the character from The Dark Knight Rises. So. No, but it's the funniest and most clever parody anybody's done. Yes. Yeah. In the last ten years, and this flurry of like really cheap shot parodies of of Tom Hardy's Bane. This is the first one that's been like clever. Yeah, it's an actual <laughs> character this time. But also, I have a four-year-old nephew who I am very proud to say I got hooked onto Scooby-Doo, and that is, <laughs> nice. I'm obsessed with Scooby-Doo, and I have been since I was a kid, and I love every single era of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, I knew I was gay when I saw the Hex Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sad because I went to like there's a mall I like going to whenever in the any time I find myself in Colorado and I went to it and like one of the stores there did have a hex girl shirt and I wanted it but it wasn't in my goddamn size. Oh. Oh. Damn. Now, now you're making. I didn't even think about it like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and Google one. <laughs> I just I, Scoo- I think Scooby Doo is one of those things that's just at this point so timeless. Yeah. And I hope I hope that we keep get, we keep doing what we've been doing, which is that basically every ten years the new generation of kids gets a new version of Scooby Doo for them. I still need to go through. I started watching at one point. I started watching Mystery Incorporated, which was one of the more recent ones, and I really liked what I saw of that one. Like it was, I I heard it was a Scooby Doo show with an actual narrative, which I was not expecting. Yeah, and a, a, yeah. a, a narrative that like followed from one episode to the other. Mm-hmm. Right, and it wasn't just the episodic format. It's not the episodic monster of the week format. Like it's still kind of there, but there is a story. So yeah, it's bonkers from what I've seen. I've only been able to catch like a few episodes, but like I do know how it ends. It's like wow, okay, also, damn. Yeah, Velma's <laughs> and Velma is gay. Yeah, they they did they did all they could to like just indicate that. Yeah. And they have my respect. Like, can I just say? We are overdue for a very openly gay Velma. Like, you know, Mystery Inc. <laughs> tried to do it, do it, and they did do it with some limitations. James Gunn wanted to do it when he had it. the second movie. And, they wouldn't and let, they him. let him. It's like, I am tired of this. Mm-hmm. Can you, though? We deserved gay Velma played by Linda Cardellini. Yes. We, yes. the public, deserved that. We, we the public. All of us. <laughs> We no, the forget public. the other hills I'd say I die on. This is the hill <laughs> I die on. <laughs> I really, really wish, and James Gunn says that um, even his original script was never really meant to be, like, as raunchy as some people like to paint it as. Um, <laughs> that they were never really, tr- but, like, I really do wish that the studio had let James Gunn, and I'm blanking on the director's name, so I feel bad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know his name. I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head. But I, I really wish that they had let them make the movie that they wanted to make. Yeah, no, um, instead, instead of just of, adding instead of just adding a random Seth Green character to prove that Velma's oh, not the gay. Oh. <laughs> for, for both of them generally like, that for sure. And just generally I wish like I wish because what it felt feels to me, my thing with those movies is that it feels like the creatives behind it wanted to make a loving and sincere adult scooby-doo movie mm-hmm. right but the powers that be at warner brothers were like we need to keep it kid friendly so you've got these two very conflicting tones in both movies yeah and the, and is, I, the second I just movie... wish that they had let the creative team make the movies they wanted to make 
The second movie's weird because there are times in that movie, I swear, it was almost a good movie. Like, I can oh, yeah. see it. It was almost there. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it... Fr- and I think that's the most frustrating movie, when there's a movie that is almost good, but doesn't quite make it. Yeah. We've, you know, we've all run into those films where we're like, oh, you could be so much better. You had it and you missed it. Yeah. I mean, where are are we are we going to ask for a release? The what's the name of the? No, we don't need another fucking hashtag. <laughs> More hashtags, Jazzy. More hashtags. Hashtag look, release look, the Jazzy cut. I had enough cut. of the Snyder cut shit, and I had enough of all that hype just to be just to be just to watch it out of curiosity and then be under and be un, and, then, and then be horribly underwhelmed by the result i don't need another one even if the result turns out better raja gosnell the gosnell, yeah, raja gosnell is who did it that's what we want yeah i'd love to yeah because i mean it's it's funny because James Gunn is one of those filmmakers who can make kind of like these weird concepts that shouldn't work for movies work. And there is kind of a sliver of that in Scooby-Doo too, but. Did you just drop Slither and say James Gunn in the same sentence? <laughs> oh no. Oh, I just, no. I, I just say that seemed really planned. No, I don't. No. If I may quote the dark Knight for a second. Do I look like someone with a plan? <laughs> I'm just saying. Happy Do I look like somebody with a plan? I, That's the I joker mean, I prefer to quote at the end of the day. I like that movie, Slither. I'll just say that. <laughs> We've got a horror fan in here. I love Slither. Slither's. I was hoping to actually, you know, to kind of piggyback off of the fact that we were talking about horror a lot last um podcast. I was hoping to go see Spiral this afternoon before we recorded, but it didn't happen. I meant to too. I'm going tomorrow though. Yeah, same. So we'll both we'll at least have it watched for next time. Like I was gonna say, we can talk about it next week. So I will say um, the Saw movies are kind of just horror films I watch just because they're just kind of fun, dumb films. Like they are films I watch not with the expectation of them being good. Okay. Have you guys been watching my I've been posting them to Twitter, my my little TikTok series about two (laughs) thousand torture porn? Yeah, Uh, I've been watching it. I need to, I need to, I need to hurry up and make my part five because I was, I was, I'm, I'm gonna start getting into Eli Roth soon. I kind of did my spiel on the Saw movies already, but still, I'm like, I have a lot of opinions on that era of horror, and Saw specifically, I think, is one of the most, because it was the most successful franchise to come out of that decade, like, object, just objectively. Um, I feel like it's, it embodies the genre at its best, mm-hmm. which, which you know. If Saw, and I like Saw a lot, these are, I I like these movies, but if Saw is the best version of your genre, maybe reevaluate how how great (laughs) your genre is. The thing about Saw and why I continue to watch him is that every twist in these movies gets so batshit insane and just becomes a mess when you start um, trying to put them in the context of the other movies that it becomes the greatest thing ever. And, like, that's always what I look forward to in a Saw movie. I'm like, okay, how are they going to fuck around with the continuity this time? I'm hyped. And with and with this one, which is a spinoff, and it doesn't even have, like, Tobin Bell's apparently not in the movie, I'm now I'm wondering, okay, but, okay, I know Tobin Bell's not there, so they're not going to find an excuse to bring him back, even though his character's been dead since the third one. But... But they I somehow still want to know how you're going to fuck around with this. Say, you know, say what you want about, like, Friday the 13th, 
Friday the 13th never attempted to ask you to bother thinking that there was any continuity between any of these movies. That timeline is a mess, and it's just like, don't think about it. Saw tries so hard to make you think about it. I remember when Jigsaw came out in theaters, the the one before Spiral, Jigsaw, and um, I went to see it, and I was just waiting for the ending to happen and seeing what batshit insane twist they were going to go with. And how I was not disappointed, and I like how they keep bringing in the twist that, oh, so-and-so was also working for Jigsaw the whole time. I, um, I, um, I've only actually seen the first film <laughs> in that franchise. Well, you I saw the it. only one I could actually confidently call good, so... <laughs> it was a good movie, yeah. It was a good... I think the first three Saw movies are all really, really solid. Okay. I would call all three of those good movies. Um, Would you call them Saw, Lid? <laughs> I was going to make that pun, but I just felt like... <laughs> Go <didn't> wanna... <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, oh. everything I've got a few three, friends who hate my puns. Everything after three, again, you're just kind of there for at that point for the insanity that is the convoluted continuity of the whole franchise. Because every single movie tries to correct its weird continuity and just makes it worse. I just want to say, the scene with Jigsaw in the backwards baseball cap from the seventh movie still lives rent-free in my head to this day. Because it's the funniest funniest image ever. I love that. That That's been going around on Twitter a lot lately. And I'm just like, yeah, how do you do, fellow kids, Tobin Bell? (laughs) I want Tobin Bell to say that in his fucking Jigsaw voice. Find out if he's on Cameo. If he is, I bet he's like $1,000, but still. <laughs> right. By the way, I think, like, to end off this Saw tangent, I just want to say, um, Tobin Bell, and people are always like, can't unhear this when I tell them, Tobin Bell was voiced at the beginning of the movie The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> oh. He was the guy who gave them, who bet the map um, that they got <laughs> to start the movie. <laughs> And now that I've told you, and you will go back and watch it, and you will not unhear it, because it's basically his Jigsaw voice pre-Saw, and it's awesome. He he does that voice everywhere. I was, he was on The Flash. He was the voice of a villain on The Flash. I was so excited, because he was, was it the same season, or was it the season after that also had Tony Todd do a voice voice on The Flash? I think, yeah, yes. I remember just being, like, nerding the fuck out about it. Yeah, I think it was around the same time for sure. They've had some really interesting voice talent come in for different characters like Grodd and uh, like I know David Hayter's um, King King Shark in that one. Yeah, and they I, just, they just sorry, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I just love Tobin Bell. Yeah, <laughs> he was just doing his his jigsaw voice over on. On, on Flash, so... <laughs> Have you guys ever ever seen the video of Tobin Bell going through the saw maze that they set up for Halloween Horror Nights a couple years back? No. Oh I my god, it was amazing. Okay, this is going to my YouTube watch list. I <laughs> find it. It was so amazing to watch. Because I'll say, I was, at the, I was at Halloween Horror Nights that year. I went through that maze, and it was the most terrifying maze that they had set up. It was... So scary, but it was so great. And that's something else I'll say for every single Saw movie. Tobin Bell never phones it in. Absolutely not. Tobin um, Bell gives 110% every single movie, no matter how stupid his material is. I'm just going to place my bets for Spiral. 
in ter- before I see it tomorrow or whenever I get to seeing it, my bet is that Samuel L. Jackson's character is going to be the new Jigsaw. I hope so. And I really hope <laughs> that's true because I want Samuel L. Jackson Jigsaw so bad. That... I'm with I you. Mean, not... I'm on your side. I, I, I need to see the rest of the films and then I will see Spiral. Because I, I, from the I, book of Saw, as it's called. I didn't know Saw was a fucking. <laughs> I didn't know there was a book of Saw. It's yes. like it's like the sequel to uh, the Blair Witch Project, the Book of Shadows. Oh my god! Oh, god. Where there was no book. <laughs> I think, <laughs> Why was it I, think I just had an aneurysm with you mentioning that movie. <laughs> you know this this couldn't this couldn't be a podcast for Gals of Geekdom without without at least mentioning some horror stuff. I know. Uh, I, a shirt. I changed for reasons. I was wearing my my Michael Myers my my, my Michael Myers T-shirt earlier. I'm so mad. You can't see it, you can't audience. See it, but... but I didn't wear a horror shirt. I'm wearing an Inuyasha one because I'm a weeb. So you can't see it, audience. <laughs> I pointed to my shirt, which is Halloween. So just so you know, because this is, this is a we're making visual jokes on an audio podcast. What are we doing? Um. Um. And I I, I think. That's my shtick on most of my podcasts I've been on. At some point or another, I reference something nerdy around me that no one can actually see. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Anywho, I think we should wrap this up because a few of us need to go in a few minutes. Yes. Yes. Leave Um, this room that we're all in. We're still keeping up that illusion. Yes. 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 We're all in the same room. We're all together. Yes. Absolutely. I want to say this, Lolzy, thank you so much for coming on our show. This has been, I hope you've had as much fun as we have, because we just have a lot of fun doing the show, and we hope other people who come on enjoy it. We hope we didn't talk over you too much. Um, that's, a, that's okay, I'm naturally a bit of a wallflower. Okay, well, but you're, you know, we, we had fun with you. You're welcome back to this show as well. You are definitely part of our little family. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Cool. And um, yeah, um, I think I think we should all give our uh, pl- pl- plug or pluggables. You know, time to tell people where they can find us. Lolzy, would you like to say where people can find you, what you do, all that good stuff? Um, best place you can find me is just Lolzy Robot on Twitter, but I am Lolzy Robot literally everywhere. <laughs> but I'm most active on Twitter, and I just post a bunch of my art, either finished work sketches, I take commissions occasionally. Well, I will hope our audience does that and follows you like I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me uh, at Crystal W Rocks. That's C H R Y S T A L W R O R O X. Jesus, it's a it's a weird it's a weird spelling, but you can find me there on Twitter. Um, you can also follow my medium at Crystal Williams, where I write articles, and obviously you can keep on listening to our lovely show. Um, Jazzy, you want to tell the good folks where they can folks where they can find you? You can find me at Lady Jazzington on Twitter. I mostly talk about different roles I've been in as well as stuff I'm playing. I I just recently announced that a visual novel, um, Play Dead, um, that includes my voice work has been released, and I'm also posting my reactions to uh, Mass Effect: The Legendary Edition as my first go into the Mass Effect series. And let's just and let's just say going through da- through the first game's dated mechanics make makes Jazzy angry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just pick say the top, this. Just Rex, pick the top option. Saving Rex. That just is pick all. The top that is option all you need every to know time. about my recent tweets. <laughs> Run. 
I was mad. Oh, no. Uh, Lizzie, do you want to tell the good people where they can find you? You can find me at Lizzie Lemon Drop on Twitter and TikTok are the two places I I sort of recommend TikTok. TikTok is 90% shit posting, and every now and again I start making like a series where I talk about horror movies for a while. But Twitter you, is a good place. You have such a good TikTok, by the way. It's so oh, good. You should yeah. definitely follow. Yeah, you should you should follow her because when I see the videos, I'm like, oh my god, this is cool. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Uh, but yes, find me on my Twitter. There's a link to my website on my Twitter account uh, where you can read the things that I write. And hire me to write something for you. <laughs> well, I will say this has been another exciting episode of the Gals of Geekdom podcast. Stay tuned as we continue doing more of these. I know we took a long break, but this is the third episode we've done pretty quickly. So, yeah, this is really fucking exciting. So, hope you continue listening to us. And we will all see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.